Hello, and welcome to the Thrivality Out Loud podcast. I am your host, EJS, and it's my passion to share and distill the best of the best in what it takes to be vibrant, vital, and alive in body, mind, and spirit. I have persevered through the fires of chronic fatigue, severe gut imbalances, Lyme co-infections, parasites, hormonal dysregulation, heavy metal toxicity, all while trying to figure out how to get my energy and drive back. I have emerged a new person rich with experience and appreciation for my newfound energy, mental clarity, and capacity for handling what life throws at you. Combined with a certification in functional diagnostic nutrition, I can integrate my rich experiences with the robust FDN framework to help you become the best version of yourself. Let's identify best practices that will work for you. Let's cut through the clutter and start producing results. Let's start this podcast. Welcome to the show. All right, folks, I wanted to give you a quick outline of the podcast with fabulous and fantastic Jennifer Hornbuckle. So we talk about Jennifer's traditional background going up in the Midwest in a fairly conservative you know, environment, how she found faith in God during a semester abroad in Paris, of all places, um, and how she went on to, to strive to live an upright um, and virtuous life. Uh, her first son's um, bad reaction to a normal childhood procedure that changed the course of her life, marriage, and family, how her first son went from healthy, joyful baby to constant screaming, hitting, reduced eye contact, and severe ADHD and ODD, uh, explorations in conventional medicine to find answers and a path forward, and how that led to pills, pills, and more pills with mental improvement. Jennifer's a sudden epiphany and 180 degrees change in her approach uh, and figuring out a way to return her son back to health, how she weaned her son off of all medications solely and responsibly and changed the diet along the way, how traditional medicines have a place in healing, what changes she made in terms of diet, um, off all gluten, sugar, and dairy, and how that helped, unconventional practitioners and therapies that helped um, slowly improve her son's uh, vitality along the way, how the journey led to tremendous financial and marital stress for the family and her husband, and how and why Jennifer almost checked out of her marriage um, with her husband, how she started to heal herself through yoga and self-care, and how yoga led to a retreat and a plant-based medicine journey that started her life's transformation out of the stress paradigm that she was in, and how subsequent psychedelic mushroom experiences helped her see and release many layers of sabotaging stories and stress around her marriage, finances, health, and epic journey she had in restoring her son's health. How Jennifer and her family are doing today, and the importance of deciding to get better no matter what. This is a fantastic podcast, and I hope you really get something out of it and enjoy it. Thanks. Hey, this is a quick plug for my friends over at Craft Microbiome. How would you like to take probiotics sourced from world-class athletes and academics. That's people who have performed athletically on the world stage or gone to really top tier one universities. Well, you can via Kraft Microbiome. I've been experimenting with their probiotics since January and their Kraft Complete has come, I got probably more than anything I have tried. You can visit craftmicrobiome.com and use the code ERIC for 15% off. Again, that's Kraft Microbiome and use the code ERIC for 15% off. You won't regret it. Thanks. 
All right, folks, this is EJS, and I am super excited to welcome Jennifer Hornbuckle to the Thrivality Out Loud podcast. Jennifer and her family of two sons and a husband whom she's been married with for 27 years currently reside in Orange County, California. Uh, Jennifer is an armbar consultant, and she has been an earnest pursuer of all things health for well over a decade when her son had a bad reaction to a common medical intervention. And that kind of dove her headlong into the world of um, health optimization and biohacking. She's someone that I look up to and respect as someone who's super knowledgeable, passionate about the space, and has really helped her family and herself. And she's now vibrant, vital, and alive with tons of energy and enthusiasm. And so Jennifer, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Eric. Hello, everyone. Hi, thank you so much. Yeah. Is this your first podcast? I've done interviews online before, but podcast, I think so. All right. All right. Well, give the listener kind of the Cliff Notes version of your background, like, you know, where you're from, where you went to school, your faith, your marriage, your family, sort of up until this point where you got really interested in, in health and helping your son and helping yourself. Okay. Um, well, yes, my name's Jennifer Hornbuckle and, um, I live in Orange County, California, and I grew up in Illinois, um, outside of Chicago in a suburb. And, um, my parents got divorced when I was really young and, um, at like when I was three or four. And then I moved in with my father when I was nine and we moved out to a little town, Schaumburg, Hoffman Estates, Illinois, if anyone knows that. I went to Hoffman Estates High School. And then I um, graduated from high school. And I, then I came out to California for, to USC, University of Southern California. It's in Los Angeles and um, went to school there. And then um, I got my master's degree in um, social work and before I got my master's degree, I started working for our church. Um, and I had gone to church my whole life, uh, Christian, Christian um, faith. And then when I went to uh, USC in my sophomore year, I went to live in France. And in France, I was actually met in the metro <laughs> to ask, someone asked me if I would go to church. And I thought it was I, I didn't know anything really about anything because I'm from Illinois, where it's like a lot of cornfields and not a lot of people. And <laughs> not very diverse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, Midwest, you know, back a long time ago. So um, I thought they were like Hare Krishna people or something. I, I had no idea. And I ended up putting the invitation in my pocket and later, which Hare Krishnas are amazing. But I didn't know anything about who was what or where. And um, later pulled out this invitation and I thought, oh my gosh, it's like a church, I'll go. Cause I had gone to church my whole life. So I thought- so you're, in, you're in Paris and somebody yes. randomly, yeah, I just never think of Paris being a place where someone tries to evangelize someone else, but- <laughs> No, and that was what was so freaky. I was like, this is so bizarre. Like yeah, right. if you've ever lived in France, I lived in France and while wow, like a study abroad, people are very, you know, stoic. Um, there's not a lot of expression and enthusiasm and exuberance, and certainly no one's coming up to anyone telling anyone about anything. <laughs> People don't really talk that much, unless it's like two friends whispering together on the metro, right? So anyway, I, I say that because I 
I ended up going to the church, ended up really loving it. They were very Bible-based, like live like Jesus, not just go on Sunday. And I did. And I ended up coming back to Los Angeles after that and kept going to this church and went to that church for 30 years. And, um, uh, and now people aren't meeting. And so I'm sort of doing my own thing, which is another story. But um, uh, that is actually where I met my husband. Okay. I was you know, in a campus ministry. And so I have this Christian faith, which will play into the story later. And then, um, you know, I've been, I went for 30 years and um, uh, worked for the church until I got my master's degree. And then I got my master's degree in social work. And then I became a therapist. And then I got pregnant with Jimmy. And so that's sort of, I think in general, kind of leads us up to the situation. And then my son, um, you know, he uh, basically had a vaccines uh, and had the MMR vaccine and he just, you know, turns out, which they don't tell you, I, I had to learn all this. It turns out he does have the MTHFR gene, which does prevent people from detoxifying and the heavy metals in the vaccines just started frying his brain because he couldn't detoxify. So that's sort of, then I, um, I okay, can so, get yeah, yeah. So let's just pause there for a few things. So, yeah. so your son is born. He's okay. Mm -hmm. And that he's fine. Developing fine. And then at what age did he have the MMR? Yeah, the MMR was at 18 months. And he he was when he was born, um, it's like uh the cord was wrapped around his neck, but and the Apgars were not good. But after they gave him oxygen, Apgars came back and and he was good. I have videos of him like a bouncing. You've heard this probably story millions of times. Well many Americans have shared this story. Um, the baby was fine. I mean, he was happy and laughing and bouncing on my knee and, you know, happy baby tickling him. Yay. Happy baby. Um, and then after that MMR, he, he, he went downhill fast and started screaming. I mean, violent, all, all the stuff we can talk about. But. Yeah. So, um, sorry for this. So, the just so people know what the mthfr gene is right so, so go ahead and explain it and then i can oh okay so later after you know all these past 10 or 11 years trying to figure out uh, lots of stuff on how to heal him and myself etc um you can do these genetic profile tests to um basically find out what gene variants and if you have a double allele defect on a certain gene you are expressing your your an epigenetics that would be called you know it's a bad expression of the gene and it's basically this particular gene is um this double allele defect basically renders someone very weak in the area of doing what in optimal times the gene would do in a high functioning level so jemmy has this mthfr gene it stands for methyl tetrahydra, you know, it's a yeah. long, a long name. Um, and this gene, he has a double allele defect on this and the COMT gene and a bunch of others, which prevent him from detoxing. There's a segment in, in the genetic profile that does, you know, liver detox pathways. And he has a lot of these um, basically defects on, on genes that help people detoxify from various contaminants. Right. One of them being heavy metals, for example, in this case, 
and polysorbate 8A and the other things that are in vaccines. Yeah, I mean, it's really common. So MTHFR is the gene that encodes for methylation, right? So, it, it, you know, and methylation is critical in repairing DNA and detoxification. Mm-hmm. So if, if you have that gene and it's expressing, right, then it can, you know, it's a really common thing for people to struggle, like detoxifying heavy metals, or they get exposed to mold, or they get exposed to any toxin, and they have this genetic disposition, it's hard for them to detoxify. And it sounds like that was a critical variable. Yeah. For your, yeah. For your son. Yeah. yeah. So he spirals down and starts to react and he's upset and he's beside himself. Kind of walk us through like, how, how soon did you, after that incident, did you sort of really take an interest in trying to figure this out? Like when was that triggered? Okay. Yeah. So it, there was, there was probably a year where I was in shock and going, I'm either the worst parent ever, or we have a serious problem. Cause when your child is like screaming now, there's a, if you have children, if there's a fit that lasts 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes, they're having a fit. Okay. But when it starts lasting three, four, five, six hours, screaming incessantly, violence, throwing things, just like neck veins bulging eyes turning red for three four five six hours yeah after a while because i was the first this was my first baby so i thought well maybe he's just like really irritated but there comes a point when you go this is not normal behavior and so then uh i would say two years later he was asked to leave two preschools well three preschools and then i got him into a special education preschool and so at this point he's like four and he's not getting better and I'm like, we, my husband and I, this is what our thought process, we're not, we don't even have TV, we don't watch TV, we don't watch movies. My husband and I are pretty, we're not perfect, but we're pretty calm people. And I kept going, what is going on? Like, he's not seeing anyone yelling, he's not seeing a TV with people yelling, like, what in the world? And it, it wasn't stopping, it, he just wasn't getting better. And, uh-huh. I was like, Jim, we have to do something. This is his third preschool. He's now in a special preschool and they're staying. He's still doing these behaviors, irrational, erratic behaviors. We just have to do something. And my husband is more like, oh, he's probably in a phase. Oh, this, oh, that. But after him screaming at me for years and me starting to now decompensate because I just can't really handle it anymore, I found a neurologist and I'm like, we have to go, um, we have to, because I started doing some research. And of course, you know, when you have a request, the request is usually heard. And I was like, I need help. And so someone um, connected me with this neurologist. And then we went to the Amen clinic. And I had already known about the Amen, Dr. Amen, because I have a master's in social work. So I know about, I don't know everything, but I know a lot about certain areas. And I, and he has a clinic in Newport Beach. And so I I sort of knew about that because he does these spec scans, uh, brain scans. So that's what started happening. I started going, this is not just someone throwing a fit. This is serious. So you went to see Dr. Amen and then what, what did he, him and his team Yeah, so we went to Dr. Amen and, um, and he, he does these spec scans. At this point, he's probably done over a hundred thousand of them. And um, they give you a radioactive isotope and it basically you're able to see neural transmissions and um, on a scan. Um, now, Jimmy, of course, was so like hyperactive um, that he um, they had to sedate him and they gave him this radioactive isotope, which later um, did damage his thyroid. So I had to end up he- having healing that as well. Um, and you can see the places where the 
neural transmissions are not going through. Like on the spec scan, it's like red. There's some parts of the brain behind the, the orbital area, it's always red because your eyes are working. So that place is firing, but he has other places where it was like, it basically was like seizing up. And so you can see that on the scan. There was also, they do a 3D image. Um, I have it over there. And you can see there's some like brain matter missing, like like some pockets where something is missing, like something deteriorated. Um, and so he said in the report that, um, I could read it to you verbatim, but it'll, you know, it's over there. But um, basically he said, you know, herbs and botanicals are not gonna fix this. He needs psychotropic medication. And this is a result of a brain injury, verbatim, a brain injury. And he, wow. he ever was dropped or he fell or was in a car accident, nothing. So, you know, there's really, you know, only one explanation for that because he was eating breastfed. I breastfed him till 15 months and he was eating like I would steam all his vegetables and sweet potatoes and avocados and feed him, you know, organic fruits and vegetables really. Yeah. So that's what happened after that. And so then we did, we didn't know what to do because it's like we had to stop the screaming because I was starting to decompensate and sh shaking and the doctor kept giving me medications pharmaceutical medications but I, I wouldn't take them and i was like i can't handle this and so we didn't know what to do so we did start giving him pharmaceutical medications back then that was in 2004 i'm sorry 2009 and he was four years old at that time in december and i'll never forget it because we gave him that first pill and i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh you know it went from five hours of screaming a day to like an hour. I mean, it was like relieving, but then it was traumatic too, because I didn't want to give him any pharmaceuticals. To me, he was like a baby. He's only four years old. He weighs like 45 pounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a, what an incredible journey. So where did things go from there? So, um, you give them the you give them the pharmaceuticals. There's some relief. Then then sort of what happens from there? Okay, so what happened was he he would he would get he basically the first drug they gave him was called trileptal. It's like an anti seizure medicine, and so he was calming down. But then he would still get some moods, and so I would go back to the psychiatrist and I'm and the neurologist, and I'm like you know, he's, he's better. He's not like screaming his brains out, but he's still like getting so aggressive. So then they gave him, you know, Risperdone, which is like sort of, sort of like, you know, it's a, it's like an SSRI, like a, like, you know, a, a pharmaceutical heroin like that, where you're trapping the serotonin in between the synapses, you know, and um, uh, then of course I'm like, okay, he's not as angry, but he's still so hyper. He can't sit in, in school at this point, you know, it, now he's in kindergarten and he can't sit there. So then they give him Intuniv and then they gave, uh, which we went through all different kinds of ADHD medicines, Stratera, Concerta, you know, of course, Ritalin, all of it and settled on this Intuniv. Oh, and by the way, $400 for each visit. So money is like, like 
flying out the window, which is a whole nother subject on your questions. Um, and so then he was on trileptal, risperdone. Oh, and then his still was being sort of aggressive. So they're like, well, let's give him lithium. So by the time he was at the end of kindergarten, he was on 900 milligrams of lithium, 1200 milligrams of trileptal, risperd three milligrams of risperdone and, um, and intuniv. And at the end of kindergarten, he was like a drooling mess. Now he wasn't angry or baiting us or hyper. He was like a, like almost catatonic drooling mess. And we left kindergarten, could not read, could not write, could not do ABCs, could not do anything. Did you get any eye contact? There was there any eye contact? There was some eye contact after the medication. So he, he would, he was, he, you know, they diagnosed him. So he's diagnosed with ADD. ADHD, PDD, and like um, he went to an occupational therapist, OT therapist, and um, um, but he he would give eye contact because it was just Asperger's, not not autism diagnosis. Okay, so you did have some eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but but not a lot of verbal. Not not a lot of emotional like like smiling, laughing, you know, kids, they're usually, cause I had another baby after that. They're happy. They're laughing. They're joking. They're running around. They're bouncing. They're drawing on your walls. They're bouncing on your bed, laughing, having fun. None of that. Wow. All right. So at the end of kindergarten, you basically have a four or five year old who's catatonic and kind of drooling and on several medications. So. Okay. So then after that, um, I started feeling like so we're approaching to, you know, we're in 2010 at this point, and I'm feeling like I can't, I can't handle it. Like my son is like zombie like, and he's on all these medicines and we would have to go test because when you're on lithium, you have to make sure um, you're not doing too much. Otherwise your liver will shut down. So we're doing these tests and I'm thinking he's not going to make it. If he, if he has a lifetime, because this, this, these prescriptions were nice and it was keeping me so I didn't have a complete nervous breakdown and I could at least a little bit sleep at night because he was waking us up in the middle of the night and hovering over us like panting, screaming, like, <sighs> and he would like, like pant over us and be hitting us and panting like at two or three in the morning and I would wake up like, <gasps> you know, because when you're asleep and you have something over you panting and starting. Yeah, it's, it's quite startling. Yeah, it's startling. So. I was like starting, yes, we weren't having those kinds of things happening, but I'm like, this is not getting, like, he's not getting better. He's not beating on us, but he's not getting better. This was like um, just survival. And I thought this is not gonna work. A lifetime of this much lithium and this many drugs, he's not gonna make it. So I started like after a year of it going, this is not working. I, I can't emotionally take this for much longer. It's buying me some time, but this is hard, so hard for me to handle. So I, I was in Arbonne at the time. So I started asking the Arbonne doctors, like, what do I do? This is like, this is unbelievable. My son's on this medicine. He's not getting better. I mean, he's not beating us, but he's like not, you know, um, and so the Arbonne doctor was the first person to say to me, Oh my gosh, you need to get him off of dairy, gluten, soy, sugar, corn, you know, artificial flavors, colors, dye, sweeteners. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And back in 2010, I mean, it's not like 1940, but I had no idea what gluten, I was like, gluten, like, what's that? I mean, <laughs> I, I did 
didn't know what that was. I mean, knew what corn was, or I knew what an artificial dye was, but I didn't know that would create a neurological problem. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay, gluten. So I'm like, okay, you know, I go home and of course I'm like throwing everything of gluten away, everything corn, everything, dairy, no milk, cheese. I mean, and little kids, I mean, he ate Cheerios and little string cheeses, right? I mean, yeah. little kids, they eat string cheese, they eat what do you call those things? Goldfish, um, Cheerios. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So I run home, I, I throw all of it away. And and now obviously there's a million protein shakes out there, but at the time Arbon has been vegan now over 40 years, they were all vegan and all gluten-free and, and dairy-free because they're vegan. And of course, no artificial sugars or flavors or dyes. So they have this protein shake and um you know it's not perfect like we all know of sun warrior and other things but i didn't know anything then but there was this protein shake and i was like oh my gosh this is amazing i can give him this protein shake and he can you know i can throw little hemp seeds or secrets in there and he doesn't know and it's protein that's clean and there's no gluten and dairy so um i uh basically uh started giving him these protein shakes and then they would come out with with um with this probiotic and i didn't know about probiotics and so i started learning about probiotics they came out with this drink that had vitamin b12 like a methylated b12 and so i was like oh my gosh so as i'm removing everything i'm needing substitutes because you know he's not just gonna eat avocados all day <laughs> even though i wish he would you know um but you know so i'm get, i'm like oh my gosh i can give him a shake um and i can go into a lot more details but basically it was like we were crowding out we're get just i just flat out got rid of stuff and yeah there was screaming and fits and all that because when you get rid of their favorite you know goldfish they freak out but i was like well he's already beating me so who cares <laughs> goldfish right um so then i started you know obviously i got rid of the bad and then i started crowding out the good and i started noticing an improvement in his mood mm. You basically, said, you like, got rid of the perfect. yeah, yeah. You got rid of the gluten and the sugar, and the, the dairy, dairy and the, and the artificials. Yeah. you know. And you started shifting to you know more whole foods. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and vegan protein stuff. Okay. And so you started to notice improvement in your in your mood. Now, let me just check in. How are you at this point? Like, what's what's been the impact to you and your your husband at this point? Okay, so at, the, at this point, when I'm in the middle of trans, like, try, you know, learning and trying to figure out this is like 2010 2011. My husband at this point, because our bills were like astronomical. Um, and this was due to the medical bills and all the yeah because we had to give $400 and sometimes it was like every three weeks because I was like he's he's beating me again, what do I do. And so we're giving $400 a week to that. Then the prescriptions, the Amen Clinic brain scan was 5,000. The neuro neurologist 400 every three weeks, plus all the food. Plus we lived in Dana Point where, I mean, it's not a million dollars, but it wasn't $1,000 either. Um, and um, then we had, um, oh, Taekwondo. We're trying to get him in Taekwondo to get him in activities. And then we had to pay for OT. Oh, every month, three, $400 for OT. Um, I mean, Taekwondo, I mean, it was just money was like, and then, so my husband was working because I was a social worker, but then I was like, I, I'm like, I have to stay home with him. 
and I started doing Arbon because I, I, there, I couldn't do social work. I, I would never be able to have a job because every week I had to go to these um, appointments, you know, for physicians, schools, neurologists. Yeah. Off. So, You're a full-time caregiver. Yep. Right. So yep. the money is less. And so Jim was working like 14, 16 hours a day. So our marriage, we weren't really thinking, oh, how's our marriage? Like we were trying to save our son. So we, he was at work 12 to 16 hours a day. And I was just, I had another baby. Okay, so at 22 months, right after he started melting down, I gave birth to his brother, Jack. They're 22 months apart. So I had a baby, I'm breastfeeding, and of course, you're not gonna believe this either. So I'm breastfeeding a baby, my son Jimmy's getting worse, and then my mom suddenly dies, and I have no other family. So I have no sisters, no siblings, no one to help me. I have this son that's mm. getting ill more and more by the day I have a baby a husband who's not home and so I was if you ask me how I was doing it I, I started to like lose it I was like shaking I was like I couldn't think straight I, you know I'm leaving stuff everywhere I'm trying to drive on the road and like running through red lights and you know I started just like seriously losing it and but I wouldn't take any of these prescriptions the doctor's trying to give me um and so I finally found someone at church um I was begging people, I need help, I need help. I just need to even run to the post office, someone please help me. And in 2009, we found a girl from the church who moved in with us because I, I had to have help. I, I, could, I, I wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for her. So I did find help in 2009 and she was with us till um, the beginning of 2013. Got it. So, so right at this point then your family's under, you, you and your husband and your family are under tremendous stress. You've got a new baby. A son who's not getting better, right? A husband who's working, you know, all hours of the day, to, and and your the money's flowing out of the <laughs> out of both yeah. sides. Yes, and you, and you had to step away from your work, right? Yeah, you, you had to be, be a full time mom. Wow. All right. Um, so obviously, you reach this point where he's he's catatonic. You're super stressed out. Your family's stressed. Where do things progress from? So you got him on the Arbon, and then what okay. Did so I I did that, and then this is what happened because you know when you make this declaration like somehow my son is healing, God, you're helping me. I I like I said, a Christian, believe in the Bible, and there's this passage in the Bible where it says that um, uh, and and everyone has a different faith, and you know this is just me and mine. I, I there was a passage in the Bible where Jesus says. You know the, the disciples go hey jesus we there's this boy and he's not doing well and, and we we couldn't heal him and jesus says bring the boy to me and the father says this this spirit is nearly killing it's throwing him to the he's convulsing it's throwing him into the fire and it's nearly killing him and jesus says you know bring the boy to me and he's healed and i clicked onto that like okay if this boy can heal then my son can heal and i like was like a rabid pit bull about about <laughs> He's healing, right? I don't care what it takes. I don't care what I have to do. I'm just going to do it. And when I think, you know, that saying, when you make a decision the whole universe conspires to help you. And when you believe and do not doubt, you can move mountains, right? So this is nothing about me. I just was like, my son is healing. I can't watch him die. I can't take it anymore. I'm going to somehow Jesus is going to heal my son. And I don't know how, but I will do whatever it takes. So then of course, I'm into Arbonne, so, so. And, 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 and there's just a lot of interject. One of the interesting things that I think here is, is this tension between 
you know, your, your faith and letting God do what he does and then you taking action. Right. And, and I've, I don't think humans have ever found a simple, I know I certainly haven't found a simple answer to that, but uh, I appreciate you recognizing that. And, you know, I think there's a temptation to say, well, you know, just, just say a prayer and let God figure it out, but you do have to step in and do your part and finding that balance is not easy. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's like the age, yeah. all ages, you know, yeah. I've probably wandered over this issue. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's a verse in James that says faith without deeds is dead. So I knew if I could sit on my couch and go, Oh God, help him. But I knew if I, I have, don't have deeds, the whole thing's dead. So I'm like, I got to do something. So show me the way I'll do it, whatever you put in my path. And that's what I did. And a friend of mine knew I was in Arbonne, knew I was into health and said, Jenny, you got to go to this group. It's a health group. It's like talking about learning everything about health. I'm like, I'm in, I show up. I'm in, I'm in the front row. Right. And these meetings started happening like, Hey, get rid of this and crop and replace it with this. All these it's called moms in charge. It was a group in orange County and um, the woman, you know, amazing. And, uh, you know, uh, started doing these meetings. And one man came, to, I, ha I had one friend from a networking group say, Jenny, when you heal, your son will heal. That was like revelation number one. I was like, okay, game, mm. heal. I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Number two, I was at a meeting of this group of healthy moms, moms in charge. And this man named Robert Wright, who wrote, who wrote the book, Killing Cancer, Not People said this quote, no one should be on prescriptions and it like hit it was like oh, like heaven opened up it smacked me over the head i almost flew backwards and i was like yeah i felt like like the the hallelujah choir like oh, gosh, <laughs> yes like oh my gosh okay no one should be on prescriptions i was like oh my gosh this is amazing my son's on all these prescriptions and if no one should be on them then game on tell me what to do so i, I like ran up to him after and of course, later on, I learned there's all these people who are completely mad, but I was like, you just, you're saving my life. I said, my son's on prescriptions. What do I do? I don't know what to do. He's getting better, but he's not healed. What do I do? So he's like, send me your situation and I'll get back to you. He's like, we'll do whatever it takes. I was like, okay. I email him the whole story. And he was like, Ooh, yikes. That's kind of so he's like, okay, fine. You need Dr. Lubecki. So I said, okay, fine. Dr. Lubecki, here we come. I called the next day, made an appointment. Three days later, my husband and I got in the car at 4 a.m. and drove all the way up to Sacramento, eight hours in the car. And I think we stopped to be, and that was it. Got to Dr. Lubecki, and Dr. Lubecki is like, I mean, not, you know, at the time I'm like, what in the world is this? And he was doing all these things, which I can explain if you want, but we did that. So we got to Dr. Lubecki. We did all his little, of course, woo-woo things, which to now I understand now I understand more about them. Um, and then we also started with this um drink called ASEA, A-S-E-A, -E a redox signaling molecule drink. And then I was at a networking Arbon meeting and found this lady called Angelica Wagner, and she did access bars, access consciousness bars, and did this whole tapping thing, this tapping bars. Thing. Oh, EFT? It, no, not EFT. It's called Access Consciousness Bars, and they like do this whole thing. It sounds I, very California. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, and I was like, I was like, I don't know what you're doing. And I just, she's like, I go in there. Of course, I'm like, you know, half half alive. And she's like, What do you need me to do for you? And I'm like, I just need him to sleep. Just please get him to sleep. So she's like, Okay, does this whole little thing. And like I told you, he was waking up at two, three, four in the morning. 
She does her little thing next morning. He sleeps till 6 a.m. Both Jim and I are like, oh my gosh, what's going on? What's going on? And um, I'm like, I don't know. So he started sleeping. So I had the ASEA. I had the Dr. Lebecki stuff. I had her sleep. Getting All right. So we, we got a lot to unpack there. Yes. So so you go to see Dr. Lebecki. I'm not, I'm not familiar with him. Is he still in practice or? I doubt it. He was like 90 at the time, I think. And he okay. a practice, but he was now what we would call... I mean, alternative medicine, he was, he did stuff like David Wolf, like the zappers and the crystals and the cold laser and, um, getting, getting energy meridians to start. Okay. So, so Chinese medicine and alternative medicine. Now did, did, did anything out of that experience with him stand out that, that really worked for your son? Well, see the thing. Or was it just part of the journey? We were doing all of it. I feel like that it, little imprinter he did, which basically was to desensitize him to mold and different things. I think that helped. And I also think the cold laser helped because it was like opening up detox pathways. And I th think the crystals helped balance the energy, balance his energy from fried chaotic to more stable congruent. Okay. And so, so you're getting little benefits along the way. You get 2% yeah. here, 3% there, 5%. Yeah. Here. And then, okay. So then you get this drink. What's the drink again? Okay, it's called ASEA, A-S-E-A. -E Never heard of it. What is it? Yeah, it's it's like, and you know what? It's a network marketing group um, product. And um, it was amazing. And I, the reason I noticed is I wouldn't give it to him for a few days and he would get more moody, more upset, more easily angered, more on edge. So what started happening is like, I would have him doing good. Like he would be in a good mood. He'd be going to school. And he would come home screaming and i'm like i did all the stuff all the you know stuff i'm telling you what's going on and then i would pay him like jimmy please what happened and he would i would say i'll give you money if you just tell me did you eat anything it doesn't matter in fact i'm going to pay you and give you treats if you tell me and he's like i ate a goldfish i found it on the floor in class so i'm like yes i'm knowing now the gluten which we know now with the so that one thing would send him flying yeah, one, I mean, one cracker. It, it was, that's how he was so on the edge that he, he's like a Ferrari. Like you have to fine tune him at the time because his gut wasn't sealed up at the time, which I didn't know then, but now I yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perforations, yeah. right? Okay. So he was like super sensitive. So the ASEA is some sort of drink that, is it antioxidant? Like what, what is it? Well, it's like this redox signaling molecule. It has- Oh, okay. It's the redox signaling, you know, like, um, so it helps cell to cell communication. Yeah. Okay. Neurology, you know, so that helped a lot, helped stabilize yeah. him some. Okay. So yeah. then the next woman with the, the bar, with the tapping, whatever. So what was that yeah. called again? Uh, access consciousness. <laughs> okay. And it's called bars like capital B is in boy, capital A, capital R, capital S is in Sam. And it stands for something that I don't know because it's, I'm like, I don't care what you're doing. And I, Jim's like, how much is she? I'm like, she's 150 an hour. He's like, who cares? It could be 10,000 an hour. I'm sleeping because my husband's a lawyer and he couldn't, he would go in front oh, of the, I, I, yeah. even think. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get that. And I, you know, when I've had interrupted sleep for, you know, a whole nother side story. But yeah, it just, it just screws you up <laughs> totally. totally. So, all right. So you go to this woman, she does this thing. So describe the thing. And then what was the benefit? So she, she literally, and it's, it's not tapping, like tapping like this tapping, you know, EFT tapping. Okay. 
tapping on the skull and basically I think getting the neurons to start firing in an orderly fashion and holding the back of his skull sort of like cranial sacral. So I think all of his stuff is neurological like that heavy metal started frying his neurology and so just getting these neurons to start firing in a um, coherent fashion. It, it started calming him down and wow. she, she would like have him like she would be tapping while he would be like blowing out or like like that or breathing well, breathing is really important right so yeah, yeah the whole breathing and now we know the whole breath book we could go yeah. into it more about that yeah so you know just energy meridians breathing this access consciousness and he started sleeping so we started doing the ASEA we start doing the, all the Arbon stuff, getting rid of all the poison, getting, you know, the sleep, the water, the food, and then this redox signaling molecule, cell-to-cell communication, like you said, and then Dr. Lebecki's little imprinter and all this kind of stuff. And then um, the final thing that I remember so profoundly is because, oh, the other thing I did was I walked the pilgrimage in Spain. So in 2012 in May, I was like, God, I just need you to heal him and get off this medicine. So I walked the pilgrimage in Spain. Uh, it's 100 miles. You can do it's 300 miles. I walked 100 miles of it. And I came back and I said, Okay, God, you're doing a miracle. I fasted for 40 days. I walked the pilgrimage. I'd been you doing fasted for 40 days. Yes, and I fasted, meaning like praying, and I would just eat like, well, drink water, of course. I drank water the whole time. Yep. And I would eat like an apple. Like when I couldn't take the hunger because I couldn't drive down the road because I was going to pass out, I would like eat an apple. And I was like praying, God, you have to, you're healing my son. You're healing my son. I was like, I'm like, I'm going to drive you crazy about it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> my okay. son, right? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'm eating one green apple or just something. So I'm not like passing out while I'm driving my children to school. So um, I did that. I walked the Camino and I came back. I said, okay, he's healing. And as soon as he got done with school, I started titrating him off of all his medicine in 2012, in the summer of 2012. Because I don't want to start titrating him off medicine when he's with a teacher and have him beating on the teacher in school. Yeah. So I start titrating him off and I'm like, okay, God, you're healing him. I mean, I can't, tell you, I was a nervous wreck. I was like, Ooh. and then when you take someone off of a, um, uh, the Risperdone, like a, it's like a methadone, it's like a heroin, you know, methadone, you just, they start going through withdrawal. So he was like beating the crap out of me. I would be so, sometimes I would hover in a ball and I would just let him beat on me until he would calm down. And I would titrate him down, titrate him down, titrate him down, give him mass. I mean, like two omegas three or four times a day, six to eight omegas a day, two to three probiotics, these Arbonne probiotics, Arbonne omegas, two to three times a day, the shakes, the um, fizz, this methyl B12 drink, the um, detox tea, this cleanse drink. I mean, all of it, like all day long, I'm just like going after it all day and titrating them off, titrating them off, titrating them off. And I'll never forget it. In October, 2012, I had the last little square of this last few pills of Risperdone. I'm like, okay, he's done. He's done. We're done. This is it. I had titrated him off like slowly. Cause you know, I don't want to do like um, cold Turkey. that could like seriously mess your yeah. brain. Yeah. And, and we want to call out though, you know, the comment about no prescriptions. I mean, I, 
I, I take a little T3, right? Because I just haven't figured that part out. I've got, I've got other right. things to work on. So prescriptions prescriptions can definitely have their place. But, yes. but I, 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 I get you when, you know, we're not offering medical device here, advice here. But no, yeah, yeah. no medical advice. And this is just my story because I was watching my son and I was like, he's fading and I'm losing him yeah. and I can't handle it. And this is just me. I realize people are on pharmaceuticals. I totally, everyone has to do their own thing. Yep in whatever way they feel fit with with their physician and they work with their physician and all of that's awesome i just was watching my son fade away and i i was like i i can't i can't i can't watch this anymore i can't do it yeah so i did all of those things and then i titrated him off and then i was super nervous because his fits were so intense that it was it was painful i mean he was violent so i finally flushed the last risperdone down the toilet and i was like shaking and I was freaking out, but I was like, I'm doing this. And I just kept doing everything I told you. Now what I know is sealing up the gut lining, re-establishing good, healthy gut microbiome with the probiotics. I also did a desensitization test where th this naturopath, Dr. Winan, would desensitize him towards mold, dust. You know, he has like the 800 vials. Yeah. What you're so desensitization. I'm just like hammering the antioxidants, sealing up the gut, probiotics, omega-3s, awesome food, in bed at 7 p.m. I'm just like on it every day, all day, every day. Um, like David Wolf says, going berserk, you know, just doing it all. And um, by 2014, he was, um, 2014, 2015, he was doing good. He was off. I would say it took him about a year for me to fully seal up the gut, year and a half, 2014, 2015, he was doing good. And they had diagnosed him with, um, you know, bipolar. They said bipolar, he's too young, but when um, he was, uh, it was a hospital episode and, and they said he has schizophrenia. So from going from brain scan, brain injury, uh, prefrontal cortex, executive functioning, not working, parietal lobes, not working, temporal lobes, not working, cingulate, not working um, on risperdone and tunive, you know, uh, trileptal, lithium, uh, you know, all of that to now 2014, no medications in school, starting to have friends, speaking, writing, reading, awesome. And he's not perfect. I mean, he's a child, but like we were we were getting our child back laughing wow i love you hugging cuddling playing playing dancing i mean and he would have fits of course but nothing like six hours a day where he's he's hurting us so what year was this when he's starting to he's talk he's playing he's laughing you're you're getting your son back what, what where is this in that yeah i would say like um you know towards the end of 2012 2013 so it was pretty quick. If you started in 2010, about three years, it took you. Yeah, to it took me about. Yeah, it took me about three years to get it all together and get it all where we were on like a uh, like we were good. And, and he might throw a fit. It went from you know once a week to once every two weeks to once every three weeks to once a month, which for us was like amazing. Right. You know? Yeah, because you were living with it 24 seven. Yeah. 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 So. obviously seven years or so have passed since then. And you've obviously continued to make improvements. So has he gotten even better still? And it's basically you're continuing to do the same thing, like basically clean diet, 
lots of supplements, you know, like what would you kind of summarize what you've continued to do and what's worked? Yeah. Up, up and, um, I would say up until, you know, this whole stay at home and be on the computer all day with the, with the, uh, online school, that's a separate, but up until then sleep, you know, it's seven thirty, eight, eight thirty. Um, I would say eighth grade, we would let him stay up to eight, eight thirty. Um, that was this right before, you know, at the beginning, you know, 2019. So, um, so the sleep, all the clean diet, all the clean meals, clean water, you know, we have, we have this really intense water system. We even have spring water delivered. Um, and all of the food, the sleep, the water, the exercise, you know, getting out in the sun, we live by the beach, get going to the beach, getting the feet in the sand, going outside, playing outside. Grounding. Grounding. Yeah. Yeah. All of that doing great, like doing amazing, getting good grades, all A's and B's, maybe a C, um, having friends, having fun, happy, being invited to birthday parties, um, being invited over to people's houses, which would never happen. He was never invited to birthday parties or had friends or anything like that. Um, And so uh, doing amazing, like. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, now let's, let's talk about you a little bit. So you went through, you know, you described you were frazzled, fried, couldn't concentrate, hard to drive. (laughs) So how did you find your way from feeling frazzled to feeling fantastic? Well, I, I too started implementing everything the same, always organic. So no glyphosate, no pesticides, all that, um, all no dairy, gluten, soy sugar, all of that. Um, I did finally in 2013, after getting him better, I did finally collapse and I had to go to the doctor and they did say your thyroid is like severely, you know, she basically was like, you have, you know, nodules and all of this and, you know, you need to be on thyroid medicine. So I did get on thyroid medicine for a a few years. Um, I was like, Oh, I had, oh my gosh, I also had this dental surgery. That's a whole nother story. But I started doing everything and um, I started getting better uh, doing all the food, all the diet. I was able to sleep now because he was sleeping. I was able to do all the diet things. Oh, and then in 2012, because they were able to go to school, I started going to yoga. And that massively, honestly, between Adriana helping me and the time in yoga and, and of course, my faith and you know, my faith reading and praying, I I definitely wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for those things for sure. Um, And so I started doing that. I got on the thyroid medicine. Um, Maybe it was placebo, maybe not. I don't know. I started getting better, um, uh, feeling like I could get through the day. I could like have enough energy to get through the day. And then, um, uh, you know, I started going on yoga retreats. So in 2015 is when I went to Bali. Um, my mom passed away and she left me, uh, like a little money. And she was always like, you have to do something for yourself. So I went to Bali in 2015. I went to Peru in 2016. I went to, uh, France in 2018. And I went to uh, Costa Rica in 2019 for yoga retreats. That's awesome. I did that as well. And, you know, other sound healings and other things you, you were writing on the, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's fantastic. Um, we're, we're at about an hour, so I would probably try and wrap things up in the next 30 for sake of your time and just the, the podcast duration here. So 
that's awesome. So you start to get better, right? Through, through clean diet, sleep, having a break in your schedule where you could go take, do some self-care, right? Yoga. And I, I, I just started doing yoga with, with my wife uh, on a daily basis. I have to say, I love it. <laughs> I really do love it. Um, you move muscles you didn't know you had, right? I know. <laughs> yeah. And somehow it feels great when you're done. It's just like, oh, yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So then you, you make these trips, you meet new people. Um, and so you're on your way. You're on your way to recover. And how did you get off? So I know you're, I think you're off thyroid medication now. Right? Yeah. You've, you've, so how did you recover that? So I, uh, now it's been, I think almost three years. I mean, to be honest, I, I listen, I listened to a lot of audible books, um, to, you know, Anthony Williams wrote this book, uh, thyroid healing. I read thyroid healing and then I read liver rescue. And then I read, um, the celery book and I started doing everything he said. And I started doing my same thing, titrating off the medicine and I've been uh, thyroid medicine and I did everything he said to do in his books. And I'm, I've been off of it now two years, two, two and a half years off all of the thyroid medicine. And I was on a hundred milligrams a day and I wow. down and then I um, was off. I've been off for about two and a half years. hundred milligrams of T3 or. It was nature throid. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> I would know. the roof on a hundred milligrams. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I was like, seriously, like oh, yeah. not I'd be, doing I'd well. Be in the hospital. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I take like yeah, 10 so, milligrams. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely doing much. Now I'm not on anything except for lots of fruits and vegetables, superfoods, <laughs> super herbs, you know, tinctures, reishi, yeah. shaga, you know. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned sound healing. What what did you explore there and did it work? Oh, yeah. You know, we had this amazing yoga studio and friends and um we would go to these sound healings like amazing where they play those crystal singing bowls and it's like your whole body is getting this like healing frequency vibration and it was so calming and soothing for my nervous system like because i was like yeah sound is amazing totally fried and it was so it's like an hour of just beautiful frequency sound crystal bowls music that the vibration was just uh settling my nerves my nerves and creating a more coherent um, you know, basically sound current running through my body for this hour a week. And it was really, really, really healing and soothing for me. Fantastic. Okay. So you clean up your diet, you have some free time, self-care, yoga, you do thyroid healing, liver rescue and sound healing. Um, and then you're on one of these retreats. And I think you had shared with me in a previous conversation, this is where you kind of get introduced to plant-based medicine. Yeah. So let's, let's segue down that path. Cause that's a topic I think of it's, you know, just profoundly interesting right now. I'm sure yes. tra tracking it. Uh, yes. So tell us, tell us that. Okay. So yeah. now because of that, I've done lots of research on that now too, but um, not as much as the other stuff. So basically I was in Bali and one of my friends says, Oh yeah, I did ayahuasca. I was like, what's that? So she's like, Oh, it's this plant and you drink it in the jungle and you, see God. I'm like, wow, I want to see God. That's amazing. So then, you know, the next year, 
I go, I, I, I don't do anything from 2015 to 16, but into the summer of 2016, then I sign up for Peru, the retreat, and we go and they have a temple. I was in the Sacred Valley outside of Cusco and they have a temple there and Angel, who's since passed on to the light named Diego was running ceremony, ayahuasca ceremonies there in a temple in the Sacred Valley in Peru, which is literally like the middle of nowhere in the Andes Mountains. I mean, it's like nothing else there, right? Just a lot of indigenous people. And um, I did this ayahuasca ceremony. I, I really didn't know anything about it. I just thought, healing, see God, I'm in. Because I was didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of research on that because I was doing all this. And, and where were you at this point in your stress level? Like where much less, much less, but I still had a lot of PTSD. My other son, you know, had a lot of PTSD. I would still wake up and be shaking. So I still was not. And that's from everything you went through. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm doing a million times better, but not definitely not like Zen Buddha master calm. I was still waking up shaking and I'd get easily startled, you know, like that. That's a lot of just adrenal, adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just, you know, all of that. Exactly. So um, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to go into this uh, ceremony. And it was so beautiful. First of all, the music was so beautiful. I mean, just that alone was healing, right? And then the medicine is so healing. I can go, if you want, I can go into the ceremony, like how I felt and what happened, but I don't want to take too much time. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, ayahuasca can be really intense for people. I've, I've, I've heard Aubrey Marcus talk about it. And, uh, you know, ayahuasca, the mother, as they call it, you know, it can be, can be a little rough, but your, yours was a bit of beautiful experience. It was amazing. And I think with, with ayahuasca, um, you know, grandmother, she's, she's, she's gentle, but maybe firm, you know, like a, a wise grandmother, you know, like yeah. sometimes they're firm, but loving, lovingly firm. Right. So I just needed probably a lot of love and I needed a lot of healing. And so she was good to me. And also I have a strong belief that when you're doing med plant medicine, the vessel is how, how your vessel is, is important. Um, the, the people, the container, the man or woman holding space for the ceremony, um, the the space that the other people are in in the ceremony, it all contributes. Yeah, and, set, set and setting is hugely important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and your beliefs. Like I didn't have any connotate, uh, any preconceived notions like, oh no, this is bad or this is dangerous or whatever. I would just was like, I want to meet God and be healed and thank you, Jesus. You know, that's where yeah. I'm at. And so mm -hmm. that. And my intention was, God, like, please lead me, guide me, show me. Um, I just want to live out your my my divine purpose of being here on this earth. And I'm open to receive any healing you can possibly give me. So then because my intention was I I'm trusting, you know, I think I received, you know, we ask and you shall receive. I received back what I was putting out, sort of, you know. Yeah. So, so describe the experience. You said it was beautiful. What what was beautiful? What did you experience, and how was it transformational for you? Okay, so basically, you you go up and you you drink the tea, and um, this tea is a mixture of vine and bark in the jungles of, in my case, Peru, but they do it other um, places too. And basically, you once you drink the tea, 
um, you're supposed to have an empty stomach, it starts working right away. So I started within probably, and they play music, live music that's beautiful to hold a really high vibration, um, like angelic, like positive space. And so you start going in and you start basically, what happens is you're, I mean, technically it's like you're, left hemisphere kind of drops out that analytical logical sequential yeah ego drops dissolves, out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and i started in this particular case having like visuals like like um like horton here's a who like little like neon colored pixels with like little horton here's a who characters and i was like oh this <laughs> is so intense but the music i kept wanting to hear the music so i kept coming in and out like I was like oh I want to hear this music but I kept dropping into these visuals and I can go into that um but uh then all of a sudden I saw these roots like coming up and then um I purged so ayahuasca probably has a um a reputation of people purging or throwing up and you know releasing energetically and physically all that does not serve you anything that's within that's not going to benefit or bless us we want to release it well in ayahuasca you definitely have these releases i only threw up once but there were other people next to me that were like violently like projectile vomiting like i was concerned for them but because i couldn't move i i literally was completely disabled i was le like leaning yeah. over like could not move but it was so because i was just like pure awareness at this point no judgment no, I have no, no, I, I can barely like hold myself in, in like under, like understanding even where I am in time and space. Mm -hmm. I, all it was, was energy and feelings. And mm -hmm. I remember hearing these people screaming, Diego, help me, Diego, help me. And like violently vomiting, but there's no judgment. Like, oh, how upsetting people are vomiting or how, like if, if someone was vomiting right next to us, we'd be like, yikes, ew, gross. Some, you know, we might have a thought or a judgment about it, but there is no, I have, we have no, I had no thoughts or judgments. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, he would come over and soothe them. And I remember feeling like this love, this unconditional love, like this is amazing. This man is like, leaning down and comforting these people vomiting and there was a man next to me like like crying hysterically like hysterical and in a normal setting you'd be like oh my gosh like someone please help call but it's just part of the process you just honor it so, yeah. but i felt like i want to hug this man i want to like hold him but yeah. i cannot move and it came to me at the end of this i was like oh my gosh I was like, oh my gosh, this and this, I had gone to church, like I told you, for decades, well, really my whole life, and read my Bible every day and prayed and went to church every Sunday. And I had never, ever, ever felt this kind of compassion. And what came over me and struck me was like, oh my gosh, this is this is God. This is how he feels. Like, even though we are all humans making mistakes, you know throwing up you know um you know per you know vomiting you know so to speak um doing things that are not good or whatever whatever opinions that everyone has on it things that could be termed as gross or icky um vomit you know he, it was like all i felt and all i witnessed was this pure love and i thought <gasps> it was my first ex like i it was like i got knocked over with a, a freight train like this is god this is God's love, pure, 100% unconditional love, no judgment. 
we humans can be vomiting and all there is is love all he has is love for us there is no conditions there is no oh you weren't doing it right you weren't saying it right you weren't being right you weren't no we're all like laying there vomiting screaming and it was like just pure 100 unconditional love and it struck me like nothing in my whole life this this is god pure 100 unconditional love so the the ego drops away there's no judgment and even though you're having symptoms of physical purging right some of them it can be pretty intense there's also this overwhelming sense of compassion empathy for yourself yeah and for others right yeah 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 and that's that's the transformational i mean people have described plant-based medicines as like you know 100 hours of therapy and <laughs> you yes. know one night right yes yes yeah. and i was a therapist so i had done 100 hours of therapy in in school in practicum in you know internships and so i it's amazing but there's nothing like dropping your whole left hemisphere out and getting into the pure consciousness presence of unconditional love that it's mm. like whoa the transformation of that one it's like whoa wow so you emerged from that experience and how did that transform your life your family your relationship with your husband i think uh, you know after like really experiencing and being in the presence of that kind of intense unconditional love it 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 totally changed me um I mean, I was way more merciful, like when Jimmy would scream, I had way more patience and more just like, like, it's gonna be okay. yeah, it, it's all going to be okay, no matter what. And more love for my husband and more patience for my friends, like it, 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 the, the actions and behaviors don't really matter. It's, it's like, who am I going to be? And I just chose after that time, I'm just going to be this unconditional love, whether they're vomiting or whether they're being nice it really doesn't matter because it's about me and how am i choosing to live mm. and i'm going to choose to live based on pure unconditional love and a lot of people have said to me aren't you why why aren't you getting upset why aren't you mad why aren't you like and not i'm not perfect at all by any means but when you have a 180 degree different perspective on like I am loved and I can therefore love you. It changes everything. And I'm not upset because I'm just going to love you because me being upset isn't going to help you anyway. Yeah, I, I, I got it. So how has this changed, you know, um, your connection with others with, well, you've, I think you've already touched on that. Maybe your connection with, with God and the divine. Mm -hmm. um, and then how about nature itself? Yeah, I, it's definitely made me like, not that I'm not judgmental, but I would say 100% less judgmental, critical, um, criticizing, and, and just like loving people where they're at, whatever, whatever where they're at, where they're on their journey, and it's not my job to do their journey or set them on some journey they're supposed to be on, or um, just 100 unconditional love for my son, my husband, my friends, people in general, like mm -hmm. whatever they're doing, wherever. And I think nature, I, I feel like, wow, 
it's it's magical it's so magical soothing i mean because i now go into the forest and we have a sprinter and we go into the forest and really we're just like in it and i it's nature too is very unconditional if you sit for five minutes and just look at the tree the tree's not mad it's not angry it, you could yell at it it sits there in love and gives you oxygen all day long right <laughs> and these plants they're there they're in the jungle they're they're like here we're here to we're here to contribute we're here to do any healing we can if you would like it and if you won't that's fine too we're still here uh. so i view nature totally different i look sometimes i look out my window and i go this is amazing. Like I've been screaming, freaking out, and they're still there giving their light, the sun, giving its light, the flowers, giving their fragrance, the, the trees, giving their oxygen. And it doesn't matter how I act, freaking <laughs> out, right? I go, this is how I want to be, just unconditional, unconditional love, unconditional mm. kindness, mercy, grace, merciful, graceful, you know. That's awesome. So I think you've gone from there and have some additional experiences. Is there any of those that you want to share? Well, I will say a, a few more. I, what I've because now I've done many, many different plant medicines, and the plants have their own wisdom and insight, and and their um, and they work with different people in different ways. Like rape, I feel is a more masculine. It's a tobacco mixed with other ash and things like that. Um, it's more masculine, and so it's a little startling and jolting for me but some people they need a startle they need a jolt so it's amazing for a lot of people um then there's um you know different different uh you know like black orchid or white lily or sassafras or san pedro or you know these things san pedro is is very i feel feminine and very loving and gets you into that full heart space of love um, and then there's the psilocybin with the mushrooms. And I personally love the psilocybin in that it again drops me out of that um, uh, left hemisphere analytical uh, ego judgment critical type brain and into like more secrets of the universe. And the way that that's really helped me is that I've realized this whole thing is so much bigger than we would ever be able to understand in our left hemisphere logical brain like this thing i mean the, the holograms the the multi-universes the i mean there's so many things that are so beyond what you can even really describe just in your day-to-day -day left uh -huh. hemisphere life that you get this insight that's so profound and so amazing and again makes me feel like no matter what, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be so good. It's all working out. It's all perfect. We are so safe. We're taken care of, and it's going to be amazing. It's the left hemisphere worry mind that can get us. Oh no! Oh no! I might not have enough. I might not. You know, the monkey mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. Taming, taming the monkey mind. I call it the itty bitty shitty committee. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Once you get out of that, you're doing yeah. so much better. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So you have basically really good experiences with psilocybin and other plant-based medicines. They expand your perspective. I think as I've grown and matured now that I haven't really played with plant-based medicines at all, but you know, I I've, as I've grown and evolved and become more aware, it's really just how complex things are and beautiful, right? Like yeah. nature is just absolutely, you know, profound in ways that we, I don't even think we've begun to ap appreciate, you know, 
just right. how complex it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and how yeah. we treat the planet is not is not been very good. So. Yeah. All right. So you've had physical. So how have these experiences now just kind of summarized the plant based medicine, transformed you know you and your your husband. Oh, that is one thing I I did forgot to mention. Okay, so because of all this, we, my husband and I were, like I told you, pure survival. I mean, the last thing on our mind was, hey, let's have a date. We were like, how do we get through today? And not, I, I was wanted to really take my life. So I, I, I was to the point where I was such a nervous wreck. We didn't see each other. We ended up having to move out of our home because our money ran out. And thank God we vrbo airbnb our house and we lived in a room in one of my friend's mom's house where that was a whole nother situation finally found a home but went through all our savings our home equity just because like i told you the money and and we didn't so have what year was this what, what about what okay so we moved out of our house in 2012 and lived in a friend's bedroom in 2012 and then i by a by of course divine circumstances worked really hard at my business got a raise got a free car and got us a house a condo um to live in and so in 2013 we moved into a condo um that was very unfancy very run down but i was like who cares it's a roof over our head so um we then uh you know just started rebuilding like i said but our finances were shot um, we still had our house and then eventually this house where we were renting said we're going to sell it. So we ended up selling our house in Dana Point and then just buying this house where we live now. Thank goodness we still had that house so we could get this house and didn't have to move because we couldn't handle any more chaos. Um, and so we, my husband and I were not good. We were not, we lost, I mean, just financial stress alone will take people out. Yeah. Your son almost dying, all this stuff I just described and no money and no house and never spending time together, like good luck. And so I got to the point where I was like, I'm done. I'm just done. I, I can't take it. I have no relationship with you. I'm so frustrated because of 10 million reasons, which I told you some of, and we weren't spending time together and there was no relationship. I, I would tell him, I spend more time with the postman saying hi to him than you. So we were, I got to the point where I'm like, I'm done, I'm out. And I was like, you know, I'm not the type, I'm not gonna move out. I'm not gonna say, you're not gonna come home and find me gone with no stuff here. I'm just telling you I'm gone and I'm leaving. Um, and then finally I did um, apply for a, 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 an apartment of my own. And, um, and of course my friend calls me and she's like, what are you doing? And long story short, I told Jim I signed a lease to go to an apartment and move out. And um, he said, I mean, we had this whole crying thing and it was a whole long, massive thing. And I said, okay, we'll give it to the end of the year. But if it doesn't happen by the end of the year, I'm done, I'm out, bye. And so um, I remember that day saying, Oh, they had all these pharmaceutical pills for my son, but they don't have a pharmaceutical for this. Why don't they have a pill to make me love you and fall back in love with you? Why can't they find a pill? I would take a hundred. I want this to work. We have kids together. Ah, and so I, I, this is funny. I'll just tell you this really fast. I like did all this stuff. I don't drink alcohol. So I would like, I'll drink alcohol. Maybe that'll help me like fall back in love with you and be into <laughs> I'll, I was like, I, and I can't stand alcohol. And then I'm like, well, I'll, I'll get some pot. So I would like eat pot gummies. Maybe that'll help me. And I'm like, oh, that didn't help either. And then I went to a hip. 
<laughs> the hypnotist goes, hey, he's like, why are you here? I said, I need you to help me love my husband and be attracted to him. He's like, what? Like, I, I, I can't, I can't like, your husband. Yeah, like, I mean, he's like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, but I have to do everything. So I'm like going to hypnotherapist, doing, drinking alcohol, trying everything I could possibly try. Right. So my friend calls me, hey, Jenny, I'm having a ceremony at my house. And it was plant medicine. So I'm like, oh, of course I'm in. I go. I, I'm not thinking a second of it. But I get there and I had, by a long story, been hanging on to a lot of stories of the past. And my friend was like, hey, maybe if you let go of some of these stories, you might be able to make it and make it with your husband. So we walk into the ceremony and the lady starts talking about we're going to open up the directions and we're in the south and it's it's the snake in the south, the medicine wheel, and we're going to start shedding stories. This tonight is about shedding stories. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I thought, <laughs> I thought my friend called her. And of course, the lady's like, uh, no, your friend, I don't even know who your friend is. And then she did not call me. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So my intention was I got to let go of stories. So I go, I go into, I take the plant medicine, I go into ceremony, and I was like, oh my God. And I saw that I had dumped like lifetimes of, and you're in it. You're, this is not logical. Yeah, right. This is like experiential, yeah. like in it. I had dumped lifetimes of garbage and pain and fear and anger and crap onto him. And no wonder I didn't want to be with him because I had projected and dumped all of my crap onto him. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I saw in this vision me like laying over, like kissing him. And I was like, what's happening? And I was like, I, 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 I woke up, on, or I don't know, I came to and I told the lady, I grabbed her. I was like, Jim has to come here tomorrow night. She's like, okay. So I'm like, she's like, I said, he has to come. We have to do this tomorrow night. She's like, okay. And then I like pass out again, right? And I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Jim has to come here, has to come here. So I call Jim the next day. I'm like, Jim, he's like, yeah. I'm like, I need you to come over here. He's like, where? I'm like, to my friends. He's like, why? I said, for ceremony. He's like, what? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I said, it's plant medicine and I need you to come. He's like, okay. I said, we have to get, we're going to get back together. He's like, uh, okay. Like what time do I need to be there? He's like, what do we do with the children? I'm like, I don't know. Find somewhere. So hang up. He calls me back. He's like, my sister will take them. So I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay. So I call my dad who never watches my kids. I'm like, dad, can you please take my kids? And my dad said, yes. So we drove two hours up to my dad's, dropped our kids off, drove two hours back, and we're sitting oh. in the ceremony the next night. And so then, of course, our intention that night was, dear God, help us. we got to get back together, right? And so that- You're still physically together, but you weren't- Physically, but emotionally, but I was out. Emotionally, physically, we lived in the same house. Technically, we were married, but emotionally, I was gone. Okay. So let's just, let me recap for the listener, right? So, so, so basically stories are this idea, right? So humans are basically narrative story creating engines, right? And we create stories or narratives so we can cope, right? We can make sense. We have some sort of belief about who we are, how we relate to the world and how we relate to others. And one of the things plant-based medicine, although I haven't personally experienced it, is really good for is it just allows you to see. So when you're immersed in your stories, there's an old saying that says, whatever jar 
I've got a little jar here of spring water, but you know, whatever jar you're immersed in, you can't read the label. Like you, you, you don't know you're immersed in your own malarkey <laughs> to use a term, right? exactly. until, you, until you have a tool to help you see it. And that can be done through therapy that can be used for prayer, but plant-based medicine is a phenomenal way to all of a sudden go, Oh, I've built up a lot of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And you know, I had built up a lot of stuff and I didn't have time. I, I had like a month to get it together because we were, we were, this was November. Remember, we said that December. So I didn't have time to go to 100 hours of therapy. I didn't have time to do anything. I needed like fixed staff. So that's why I was like, I, I've lo we've run out of time. So that's why I was like, you have to come here tomorrow night, just be here. You know what I mean? Because I, I didn't have, I, I want to do all the other praying and re all of it. I want to do it all, but I needed like stat help. Yeah. So we, okay. So Jim comes. You Jim say, comes. He's crying. He's like, I just want my wife to love me. You know, he loved me the whole time because he's an angel person. If you ever get to meet him, he's a total angel. I just was in a total despair. I just, I had been through too much, you know? So um, he comes and uh, his intention is like, oh, help. I just want my life to love me. And I was like, I want to love Jim. So again, we go into ceremony and my friend is there and she's like all over us. She's like, Jim is strong. Jim is amazing. Like he loves you. She was like speaking truth into my ear, like mm -hmm. literally head was right here speaking truth into my ear and she pushed us because i was like i didn't even want to touch him right she like pushed us to sit together like back to back stomach to stomach pushed us physically pushed us and i because i was on the plants didn't resist yeah right they, they lower your and yeah, my stories yeah. were leaving and all my garbage was leaving and i just melted into it and every all the story like literally i felt a thousand years of of anger and pain and stories and um and uh judgments and um what's the word um uh like blockages you know concrete stuck energy mm -hmm. melting off of me melting and melting and melting and we like got back together that night and you know we've been together since that was in november of 2017. and how are you guys doing today great i mean not perfect i mean we still fight but we're doing great he goes to yoga now he does all the stuff with me <laughs> does it all i mean he's you know doing all the stuff too now so yeah that's that's really awesome he did his first ayahuasca ceremony um, a month or two ago so it's, yeah and we actually had jimmy um you know by a legal practitioner hold space for jimmy awesome awesome so um starting to starting to wrap up here we've we've been about an hour and a half um let's just wrap up with a couple of practical questions um what's your typical day look like um, well, I get up, I will now I get up at five, well, a couple of minutes before five, we do Kundalini from five to 6.30. I do my juicing, get ready, go to yoga at 7.30, come back, um, get my kids like breakfast and all of that, because now they're online. And then I do my reading and my praying and all that. 
and then I do I do research and I do work and then I usually go on a walk with my with my boys or bring them to their play dates the three or four Jimmy now goes off with his friends and then I make dinner at five five thirty and then um, we ha we have dinner and then at seven I go upstairs I get ready for bed I do my journaling med meditation and go to sleep eight eight thirty nine you're you're in bed by nine o'clock yeah I fall I fall asleep by eight forty five nine nine fifteen. Wow. And what time are you up? Five or five to five or five, you know. That's amazing. That's quite the that's quite the routine. Um, have there been any devices that you've used that have been helpful in your healing journey? Well now, yeah, I love, I love, 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 love the infrared sauna. You know, you sweat, sweat yeah. out toxins, you take lots of charcoal, jump on the rebounder, go in the sauna, sweat out the toxins. Um, we have a frequency generator where it's basically just generates healing frequencies. So we have like this sort of oscillating vortex of healing frequencies running through the house. And then the other thing is the ozone machine. So we do ozone to kill, you know, the bad pathogens. And I love that um, as well. You do like rectal ozone. Is that what you do? Um, in the ear and yep. then drink it. And I've done injections too. Okay. Fantastic. Um, what are three questions I should have asked, but didn't? Okay, one thing I would love to say really quickly is you did ask a question that was amazing about if someone was on this journey and, oh. advice, and what would they what would I recommend? Yeah, and the written questions I sent you in advance. Yep. I I think this is so important. Number one, the person, because we could have all the medicine in the world, all the frequency, all the, all the machines in the world, but the person has to believe. I really firmly now, after all these years, believe the person has to believe I'm healing or my son is healing no matter what. I don't care how long it takes. The belief is so huge mm. because if I don't believe, I waver and I stop doing the things that could help. So number one, believe, and number two, no wavering, no wavering. Like I was like, my son is going to get better and it, it might take me to the day I die and I don't care. Mm. So believe the no wavering. And then number three, do whatever it takes. Mm. People aren't willing to spend like we did hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I was like, I, what well, we did, we, you know, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and I walked the Camino in Spain. I fasted. I prayed. I went to everyone that said they were a healer. I, I didn't care what it was as long as it was legal. I'm, I was doing it. So it has to be that whatever it takes, because you don't know the thing that's going to work. I, you just, yeah. And that's, that's part of the challenge. Right. And, and part of, you know, part of my mission too, is, is to help to distill the things that typically work best for a, a lot of people. Cause there's so many things. Like if you go, right. if you go to the supplement store, there's a zillion supplements. How do you, if you're new at this, it's totally overwhelming. Right. Right. I mean, I, I've got a whole stack of books, you know, that I've, that I've kept over the years, right. In my bookshelf. And, it's totally overwhelming, right? To try and figure this out. So yeah, and that that's why I think people like us who've studied for 10 years and had a practical application, if someone has a neurological issue, um, which is know, a brain access, I, I can help them, you know, but maybe something else I, I wouldn't be able to guide them to weed through the millions and myriads of information. So finding someone who can who's been through it who could guide you. But yeah, belief no wavering, do whatever it takes, remove all the triggers, obviously remove the poisons, detox, and then do the do 
forever, no matter what. Like we weren't going to Disneyland. We weren't going to theme parks. We weren't staying out late. We weren't at movie theaters. We we had to do the do every single day. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Not like crazy, like don't go to the park, but um, really you have to be consistent. When you're doing healing like this, it's not a, a fit, quick fix. It takes time and you got to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. When you're in a deep hole, it, it takes consistency, practice and, and yeah. a little dedication. And I can, <laughs> I can, I can very much relate because I've had my own yes yeah yeah awesome well this has been really fantastic i always love you know speaking with you your tremendous wealth of knowledge i think a true source of inspiration and in summary it sounds like you figured found your way through clean diet and you know supplementation that made sense restoring the gut um you really helped your son you know get off of medication move from being more or less comatose right um, cat, um, cat, 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 what the proper term is, but he's just kind of a drooling, you know, young, young kid to a, a healthy adult. And then you healed your own fatigue and frazzle <laughs> and restored your marriage, which is just an incredible journey. So, uh, hats off to you and your family and your husband and for just perse persevering through this incredible saga. So. No, well, thank you. You're so sweet. And we're still on it, you know, every day, but um, yeah, it's never really it's better over, but it's better to be in a better place where you're not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you. You're so kind. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Have an amazing night. All right, Jennifer. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. I hope you truly enjoyed this podcast with Jennifer Hornbuckle. You can get all of the show notes at thrivality.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-A-L-I-T-Y.com. And if you're interested in probiotics, check out craftmicrobiome.com. I use them every day, and I'm super fond of their Craft Complete, which is I think calmed my gut more than anything <laughs> I have tried. And I have tried dozens of different probiotics and gut supporting supplements. Again, that's craftmicrobiome.com and you can get 15% off using the discount code Eric, E-R-I-C. Check them out. They're super awesome.